I have a topic that I was looking at that uh, we can discuss. I've lost the chat window. One second now. Here we go. All right. Um, I don't have a title for this. I don't have a title for this and I haven't finished writing it yet, but we're going to look at it anyway, because um, I think it's, I think it's practical and useful. The topic is conclusions about people. What that means is, how do we decide if a person is somebody we can work with, somebody we can give information to, somebody we can trust? And I follow certain people on the internet. Uh, one of them is a lawyer. Um, he's actually a very famous lawyer in the United States and uh, has represented many important people. And he gave seven tips for what to look for when you're meeting with people, I guess either physically or digitally, mm -hmm. that can help you make a decision about, is this person a good person to work with or not? And we all have to, we'll have to make those decisions on sometimes on a daily basis, right? Sometimes very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's much, much harder in the digital sphere because you're just looking at some image on a screen and you, you don't, you don't, you don't know how tall they are. You don't know yeah. if they're thin or they're fat. You don't know if, um, uh, you just, you don't have enough information in that situation to, uh, uh, to be able to make that decision objectively and then what you have to do is rely on other people's recommendations which might or might not be wrong mm -hmm. um, many 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 times in my life I've been told this person is a wonderful person and I have discovered that <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> not it's absolutely <laughs> not true at all in fact I've often wondered why somebody would tell me that another person is a wonderful person and not let me make that decision for myself. I've often wondered about that. Um, I think very often we we project what we want other people to think onto them. You will like it. I'm like, how do you, how do you know I won't like it? Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Don't don't tell me what I'm gonna like. <laughs> right? Let me let me make the decision for myself. That frustrates me about children as well. People tell children about the experience before children have the experience. They tell the children, oh, you're really going to love this. It's fantastic. Mm. And I think that might be a little bit of a mistake. It's not a big mistake, but I think it might be a little bit of a mistake because you want the child to develop their own idea about it. Mm -hmm. You know, if the child hears dad saying, oh, the ketchup is ketchup is fantastic on chips. Ketchup is fantastic. And the child's going to believe ketchup is fantastic on chips and put the ketchup on their chips. Right. I mean, they, they just copy, right? Copy and paste. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I think that uh, we try to 
tell children what the experience is, is going to be instead of just letting them have the experience. But it's not, it's not a big thing, it's just a little thing that I've noticed where people don't let children decide for themselves if they like things. And I think that children need to uh, decide for themselves. So seven ways to um, help decide if you can trust a person or not. Number one, can you see the chat? Yes. Okay, number one. Always consider the entire body, the, that that's, means everything, of a person's life work. Obviously, do some research from reliable sources. Think for yourself. But always consider not just where that person is at right now, but where that person has been before and what they have done. Mm -hmm. the, we call it the track record, the history of a person. And here's something to think about. You hear somebody say, he or she is a great writer. And maybe they are good at writing something, something here, don't have something here, right? Maybe they're good at writing something specific like children's books. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make them a great writer because they can only write children's books. If they've written this style of book and that style of book and mm -hmm. something something fictional and something factual, and then you can say, oh, well, they've got skills in that area. Mm -hmm. So it's always worth considering a person's experience in terms of the breadth of experience or the size of experience because very often what happens is you take examples from one area in life and you can apply them somewhere else if you have a narrow range of experiences you can't mm -hmm. do that so uh, consider uh, a person's entire body of work all of their work but generally this uh, this uh, this point is about about researching or about research absolutely know who you're yeah. talking to mm -hmm. No, yeah, it's talking. about preparation. Absolutely, absolutely. It's about it's um yeah, and it's about not just believing. You know, it, it's about mm. going and think as it says, thinking for yourself, right? Think for what is you know what does your brain tell you about it? Okay, number two is. Determine whether a person's positions are consistent with his or her life's work. Watch if there are significant inconsistencies. What this means is, is what they're saying, does it fit together with everything that you know and with everything that's happened? Because a lot of people will say something because A, they think another person wants to hear it, or B, they're going to get some advantage from saying that thing. And the compliment is a classic example of that. When someone says, oh, I love your shirt. It's like, do you really, mm -hmm. love, my, do you really love my shirt? Or you know, are you just trying to get onto my, onto my good side? You're just trying to start a conversation, maybe. I don't know. Um, but um, there's a lot of, and a lot of people, sad but true, a lot of people will say one thing in one place and another thing in another. Yeah. 
Somebody said to me recently, you will, uh, <laughs> you will understand this. I don't know if you'll appreciate it, but you'll understand it. Somebody said to me recently, you have to be very careful what you say. I understand, I understand that. But at the same time, to be very careful about what you say is to not be yourself. Mm. And to not be yourself could be a bigger problem. <laughs> to not be yourself, because I can defend myself if I say something which maybe is outrageous or extreme. I think I have the ability to explain myself hopefully in a logical and rational way. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, that's very much better than trying to not say things <laughs> to keep other people happy a lot of the time. And so I try to always be the same person wherever I am. It, it, it doesn't work 100% because nobody, I don't think anybody can really do it because um, it's human limitations, really. Um, but, you know, I try to be, I, I will try to imagine, I, I will say the same thing in front of a group of business people as I will say in front of my children. I might change a few words here and there, but I'll say basically the same thing. Because I think that, why, why, should, why, why should I change? I don't, I don't think that's consistent with being myself. Anyway, um, be consistent. Um, all right. Uh, this is, it's funny because this is also relevant to so much more than business right now. Number three, use your common sense. I already talked about Thomas Paine, author of a book called Common Sense. Does the accusation, the, 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 the statement make sense? Mm -hmm. He did that. She did that. Well, I've, I've spent a large part of the last few weeks with people in different offices and departments and <laughs> discussing this very topic of this doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> I mean, let's, let's try to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And of course, if it doesn't make sense, what you have is a narrative, you have a story. And then, then you're in trouble. <laughs> right? then, you're, then you're in trouble because there's, there's no way to go back once you start to tell stories. You can't say, ah, oh, well, you know, it wasn't really like, <laughs> it's like, you can't go back. You can't put the, you can't put the words back in your mouth. Mm -hmm. well. You can't put the, the genie back in the bottle or the lamp, Aladdin's lamp analogy. Right. So it does, does, doesn't make sense, if not, watch out. And remember, these, these, um, these statements are coming from one of the top lawyers in the United States. This is somebody with 20, 30 years experience with Supreme Courts and cases mm -hmm. and judgments. 
And uh, I think we need to listen to people with more experience than ourselves in order to uh, in order to grow. So that's uh, number three. Doesn't make sense because a lot of the times, a lot of the times that will hit me later. Like somebody will say something, and I'll be oh, okay because I'm not looking for people to be wrong or manipulated mm -hmm. or whatever. I'm not I'm just not looking for that. But later, something will click. Like ah, that's why. Later, it clicks. It takes a little bit of time. Well, yeah, I think is which I think is a good thing because if you're always looking for some problem somewhere, you mess with your head, right? Okay, for number four. Um, uh, what have we got? Number four. Number four, analyze the motivation and goals of the accused person. The accused person is the, the person who everybody says did something wrong or did something bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Analyze the motive, you know, what's behind it? Would they really have something to gain from doing what it is that they are accused of doing? Is that person working for his or her good or for the good of, of others? That's, that's a really great point. Um, what did the Romans say? Qui bono, who benefits, the Latin term. Yeah. Who benefits? Who gets the most? Who wins as a result? Nobody wins in court. Hmm. Maybe you could argue the lawyers make money and the courts make money and the judges make money and hmm. the clerks make money and the administrators make money. Maybe. Maybe they get something out of it. But even they don't like their job a lot of the time. So um, there are no winners. In a win-lose scenario which is what a court is. You know, there's, everybody's gonna lose something. Mm. Everybody's gonna lose something. Because mm. it's, you know, here's a crazy thing. I'm going to court, but I, I don't really want to win. That's my side of crazy. I don't really want to win. I just want justice. Winning doesn't matter to me. I don't really care. But you know, question in this case, question is what uh, will be win for you or for other person? No, I know it's different things, isn't it? It's two different things. Yeah. It's two completely different things. Yeah. I don't want to win in a situation where somebody else loses, I, 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 don't, I don't get any good feeling from that. Mm. I don't get any good feeling from seeing somebody else lose and be unhappy and to know that I'm the cause of their unhappiness to a certain mm. extent. 
I, I get no joy from that at all. It does not please me. Um, so, but it's a great point. You know, what is, <laughs> what is victory to you? you know? <laughs> get off with their heads. <laughs> well, that's what it is for some people. Uh, okay, where we? we got four. Yes. We got, we got four. Okay, three more. Here's a great one. Here's a great one. Analyze. Analyze who is taking personal risks in asserting his or her position. Analyze who is taking personal risks. And again, this is a deeply difficult point, but is if a person is going to risk everything, then you have to wonder, you have to, you have to again, wonder why. Why are they going to risk everything? What is the risk to them? What do they have to lose mm -hmm. from it? If a person has nothing to lose, then it can also be a dangerous situation to be in as well because they won't stop in that situation. And I think there's always some level of personal risk, but it's different for different people. Yeah. Um, and once again, if people's opinions about what is right are different, it, it's there's going to be different levels of risk. Very, very few people ever risk everything. And it might not be a good thing to do that. Um, I have learned, number six, I have learned recently to trust, trust your instincts. It is my belief from what I have read. So it's more than a belief. It's actually fact-based knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That the human being has at least three brains. At least three brains. And I'm not talking about conscious, subconscious, and unconscious. I'm talking about parts of the body that process information. The head, the heart, and the stomach are the three main ones. You can also argue that the head is actually two. There are two brains within the human skull, mm -hmm. left brain and a right brain. You can argue that. You can also argue there is a fourth male brain, which is lower down, somewhere, somewhere between mm -hmm. the legs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the let's call that the warrior brain right mm. see that kid that that kid's got his brains down there <laughs> right um but so, so it's it's a flexible topic but instinctually with instinct 
there are the thoughts from our head, the thoughts from our heart, and the thoughts from our stomach, all of which different and all of which contribute to our understanding. The most important of which I would argue today is the stomach. Because it's our stomach that very often reacts first to most things. Not always, but, but very often. Um, talk about human fear, right? If you have a fear, if you're scared of something, it's very often mm -hmm. the stomach that yes. reacts first mm -hmm. to that. Not, it's not the brain. It's not your brain that goes, oh, you have a fear or you're scared. It's your stomach that reacts first. Maybe the hair on your arm will stand up as well mm. or something, something like that. But it's your instincts. What does your instinct tell you? Which is, the, which is asking, you know, what does your history tell you? Mm. Well, John, you have experience with this. What does your, your gut say? And it's crazy, but sometimes that's all we have. Sometimes that's all we have to go on. You're in a city, you're lost, you're driving around. Which way do you go? You, I mean, you, you, you sort of go with, all right, I'm going to trust it, you know, it's this way. So uh, there's also decisions from the heart, you know, where we're doing things for, for others. And there's our brain, which is sort of keeping us alive. You know, it's sort of, let's make sure that, uh, let's make sure you remember to eat, you know, <laughs> and uh, do all the other important little things. So trust your instincts. And the final one, uh, uh, let me just make it a little bit short here. Okay, number seven. Uh, today's world requires the exercise of a high level of discernment. Discernment, from the verb to discern, is the ability to realize what is true. Mm -hmm. Which, in my experience, only comes through experience. It's what we say, you can't put an old head on young shoulders. You can't give someone the experiences that they haven't had. It's just not possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's, there's you know, very good universal reasons for that. Um, so to, today's world requires an exercise of a high level of discernment. And this is because there's now so much information that some of the information might not be correct. I mean, the, the more information you have, the harder it is to make decisions sometimes. Too many choices, like, <laughs> like like me in an ice cream shop, okay? If I walked into an ice cream shop and they've got a hundred different ice creams, there's a high probability I walk back out. I'm like, I can't go in a hundred different ice creams. That's too much for my head. Just pick one, oh, but I can't, there's too many. Oh my God. So, uh, yeah, dis discernment. Um, that was 
that's that's my number one lesson for my son. That's what I was teaching him. The single greatest skill that you will ever learn in your life is the ability to know if another person is telling the truth or lying. Because the quality of your life depends on knowing what is true. Because if you don't know what's true, you maybe are living a lie. And that for sure will make people very unhappy. So um, experience gives us discernment. Spiritual people would argue that God gives us discernment or praying or meditation gives us discernment or reading from a spiritual text um, might give us discernment as well and a different way of, of thinking. Uh, to quote the Bible, things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So mm. that's the spiritual context. Um, that's where ideas cross over. So seven points. Is there one of those seven that 